you came here for So don't hit me with the shot We ain't got all night, but I'ma make it feel timeless Kiss the right places, so you know where my mind been Kiss the right places, baby, you know what the vibe is I can't tell you Hello, hello. Welcome to a special edition of the eSpot. I cannot wait until you guys meet my beautiful, smart guest. You guys are going to love her. She's done so much. I'm going to just go down her resume a little bit, well, her bio, and share a little bit with you about um, Laura Haddock DiCarlo. So Laura DiCarlo founded a sex tech company, Laura DiCarlo, in 2017, and after spending a decade in the healthcare industry, she put her obsession with anatomy to hard work. Laura is the inventor of Osei, a first-of-its-kind product that holds nine different patents, pending in micro-robotic technology, and was a CES 2019 Innovation Awards honoree in the robotics category. She is a game changer if I've ever heard one, because not only with the CES award, they actually tried to take it away from her. So she fought for it and got it back. When the award was redacted, she ended up public, um, she, uh, she opened up, excuse me, the public conversation about gender bias and inclusion in the tech industry and worked with CTA to update their policies for 2020. So she had a completely different experience. I can't wait for her to tell you exactly what happened and how she was able to not only get her award back, but change CES and women in tech in general for the better during that, um, during that event. Laura has been listed as one of the top 53 women CEOs disrupting health tech by Forbes. To date, Laura has raised over $5.2 for the company, including government funding from the state of Oregon, and sits on the Board of Technology Association of Oregon. She and her team slammed out the gate at the end of 2019 to bring home over $3 million in pre-sale revenue in the first five weeks of launch. Let me say that again. Did you hear me in the back? Three million in pre-sell revenue in the first five weeks of launch. I really want to hear her, all of her wonderful tips on not only um, being a woman in technology, but fighting for her her rightful award because she was given the award of innovation, and then they're like, "There's a moral clause," but she'll she'll go into more detail for you. Laura has been named the Executive of the Year by the International Business Awards and was awarded a Silver Stevie as Most Innovative Woman of the Year by the Women's Business Awards. Amazing three additional awards from the Stevies last year. This year, Laura DiCarlo brought home 10 new awards from the Consumers Electric Show, CES, and named Best of CES six times over by entities such as Time and Good Housekeeping. She is an internationally sought after speaker and has appeared in events, including Forbes Global Women's Summit. Did you hear that? Yes. Um, Forbes Global Women's Summit and the Detroit 30 Under 30 Summit. SXSW, TechCrunch, Disrupt, CES Tech Open Air, and was a featured speaker at the multiple prominent events throughout 2020. So we'll have to hear about that. I want to hear her tips for not only being a speaker, being a CEO, but also just like entering in a space that is normally not thought of for women. 
and just hearing what she's like how she was able to accomplish so much in such a little time as far as just getting three million dollars in revenue that's kind of amazing all right she's texting me on instagram so hopefully i can send her the link to make sure she knows where to go because she's not on the live yet but you know that's what happens in this new these new times there's so much going on that time kind of, I mean it's like groundhog day yes where um you think it's one time and then you find out it's another time and next thing you know you're running late for stuff because even yesterday so funny the guest um prissy p and dj they were super early for the show and we just started talking next thing you know it was 603 oops I'm about to yank my own thing off <laughs> So it happens. That's the joy of being live is that you just roll with it and fix it later. Like this hair that's sticking up out of nowhere. I just noticed it's not part of the painting. It is my hair. Yeah. It's definitely time for me to update the hairdo. That's why I'm wearing a headband. But also wanted to support Duke Health because they're doing a lot for um, locally here in the health community. Um, as well as for not just the health community, but in general in the Durham area, Triangle area, as far as helping everyone with COVID-19, which we'll also talk a little bit with Laura as well, because um, she's recently was diagnosed with, or was positive for COVID-19 and she's already passed it and, or not passed it, she's already, um, she's already on the mend. So find out how she's feeling and what's going on with her. Okay, just waiting around for her. So we'll just talk about some other stuff until she comes on. All right, um, so next week, well, tomorrow we'll have Chip Sharon on. Cannot wait for you guys to hear from him. He is a bass player. He's an amazing person. He's a father. He's like, he's internationally known, I would say, but maybe not everyone knows exactly all the different things he's done because he's done a lot. Oh yeah, so many fascinating subjects to pursue with her. Like she's conquered so much like from going from medical school medical school until deciding to run the sex tech company i kind of wonder what her parents were thinking when she told them hey by the way i'm gonna drop out of med school and make sex toys for women instead i wonder how your parents would feel about that <laughs> i mean I, I don't know i'm curious what her parent what their um what her parents thought about that you know but i mean she was a full-on adult so just wonder if that was an easy conversation to have or something she had to kind of glide them into. Oh, this is going to be a fun, fun show as soon as she's able to. Um, yeah, see, a lot of fun work. I'm like, I'm trying really hard to sound like an adult today because my mind is going straight to Beavis and Butthead as far as I need to stop looking out my window every time there's something that drives by because um, it's so rare that something is going by. And I'm like, wait, what's that? But it's a kid on a bicycle, which I'm happy they're getting exercise, but it keeps distracting me because I'm so used to nothing being back there. Yes. And I've been, I'll talk to my cousin back and forth. Yeah. I've been following her for a while because uh, I was previously, I was scheduled to do a show that was about um, women in leadership. And when I first heard about her entering into the contest, because I had um, I had all these different Google alerts and somehow she popped up and immediately I was like, oh, now this is a woman I want to know and want to interview because 
she's doing things that you don't normally hear of women doing. You hear so much of men making products for women, although they don't know our, I mean, I'm sure they can learn their ana our anatomy, but they don't have our anatomy. So how do they really know what really works for a woman? And is vibrating really the best? I should go ahead and say, this might not be for people under a certain age. So go ahead if your kids are around or younger ears are nearby. This is going to be an adult conversation about sex, sex health, and so much more. But I just want to make sure that if there are children ears nearby, or maybe um, adult ears that can't handle adult conversations like this, this may not be the show for you. But for the more mature, well, seemingly mature, <laughs> at least by number and age, maybe mature. Um, this is for you guys. This is a show for maybe women who are social distancing, or maybe there's women who want to learn about owning their pleasure because maybe they haven't had an orgasm before because there is a statistic. I think it's like 35% of women have never had an orgasm in their life. And then there's some who's never had a blended orgasm, which I'll have her explain more of that, what exactly that entails, what does that mean? And there's a lot of misinformation about G-spots and other things. I'm gonna let the expert obviously speak about this, but just from following her and her um, story, I've learned so much even as someone I thought I knew. Oh yeah, men who are curious can watch, but I'm just saying this is for women to understand more about their bodies, to be able to own their pleasure, because I think it's really important for us to know what pleasures us so we can tell our partner how to pleasure us or feel that empowerment of knowing what works, what doesn't work, and so forth. But, and I'm not limiting this just to men and women. Non, as long as you have a vagina, I think her products will work for you. So there's that. Yeah, I have no problem with men who are curious because maybe you're wondering how you can give your woman a blended orgasm and you can find out. There's no age, um, there's only an age limit on this maybe because <laughs> maybe people who are not quite mature enough for this conversation shouldn't be involved, which kind of maybe means me. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm old enough now to handle it, I think. We'll see. But I'm very excited about having her on because she's just accomplished so much. She's done so much and she's opened that conversation. So more people are learning more about, um, about the different ways that women receive pleasure and that there are so many things that are similar to the penis as far as the vagina goes, as far as where or how we can be stimulated to receive orgasm. And I think sometimes people think of sex as just being an act that's pleasurable for the men and not necessarily for the woman. Yay, she's here. Where's my beautiful friend? Always the smart ones that are late. No, I'm kidding. Oh my God. You're I a know, busy woman. Like, it's okay. You're a CEO and no, everything else. How to get this stupid thing to work? Um, oh, yeah, wow. it like because uh, I yeah, it would not like the the link I had was broken and I had to get it again from from Becca. Oh, okay. I'm wondering if I should just pop it. Are you via? Are you on your? Are you on your computer? Yes, I'm on my computer. Okay, let me. I'm gonna use the link here because it's like my phone is is not happening. It's not happy about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. Like, 
honestly, we've been having a lot of issues with the software that it seems to work better on the phone than it does on your laptop, but whatever works, we'll try it out. Okay, give me, um, super sorry about that. I was, I've been like dicking around with it for like 10 minutes, just like, oh my uh, God, I hate being late. No uh, worries, everybody. I mean, this is the new normal. Things happen right? when they happen. I'm so flexible and I had a lot of fun talking about vaginas and penises while I was waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, she'll be back. I guess I'll go back to talking about vaginas and penises. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Definitely glad my daughter is not within earshot while I'm having this conversation so I can feel like a grown up and really talk. So feel free. This is a great time to share with your women friends, your men friends, or maybe you need to drop a hint to your lover, whoever that may be about, hey, these, let's listen to this so we can get some tips and learn how to properly or at least explore. Because one of the things that I enjoy about her products is that they are so customizable as opposed to some of the other toys that are out in the market where they only, they, I mean, they're one size fits all. And they are not as pliable as far as where she, I'm assuming maybe she'll have one with her where she can show that you can mold and move it to yourself. So it fits exactly where your pleasure points might be or gosh, this is going to be a fun conversation whenever she comes back. Cause talking about it by myself, I'm feeling very, um, I guess, um, I guess I'm self-pleasuring <laughs> in the conversation. It's very one-sided right now, but Uh, I'm very excited about her telling more because I think there's a lot of women who have also experienced a lot of trauma and different, I don't know if it's just my generation, but maybe older as well, where we were just taught so much about sexual pleasure being more so for men than for women. And just as times have progressed and sexual freedom has come about, people have gotten that idea that, or have learned that it's not just about man's men's pleasure it's about both of the partners enjoying the sexual act yeah see poor thing she's on her computer and it's not working let me just oh it is okay oh my gosh it kicked me out so oh well here you are miss laura de carlo ceo founder of laura de carlo and an amazing overall badass woman who has accomplished so much. I'm so glad you're here. I did a very long introduction. Nobody needs to hear me talk anymore very awkwardly. Go ahead and tell us about, um, well, tell us how you got started in sex tech. Let's start there. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that nobody actually just like leaves school or in my case, especially med school. And it's like, I'm going to go start a sex tech company. So um, it was, uh, even when I left, it wasn't even like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It was more like, I just wanted to, I wanted to find a solution to a problem. And um, it it just, I I guess like when I went into med school, when I started going into medical, I wanted, I wanted to do something that changed people's lives that really actually like moved the needle. And I didn't know, I thought that medical was a place for me to be able to do that. And um, ironically, I found that I was able to do that in sex tech. Um, So I, um, 
Oh wait, my kid looking at me is not like. <laughs> I want to be in all mommy mode. I mean, I don't want to be in mommy mode. I want to be in sexy woman mode right now. <laughs> and looking at my kid doesn't. Yeah, it's not so sexy. Go for it. Sorry. <laughs> Shiny ball um, syndrome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I um, it actually started with an orgasm of of course of all things, I um. I was uh, with a partner, I was about 28 years old, and I had this blended orgasm, which is actually when you stimulate the glands clitoris on the outside, and the um, the inside of the vaginal wall and the anterior portion, where a lot of the um, the clitoral anatomy actually butts up against the anterior wall of the clitor of the uh, the vaginal wall. And, and I remember literally feeling like I was like having a seizure right off the side of the bed and I was just like holy shit that was amazing and I was with this person that I was just like eh, like <laughs> you're not so great but but how do I yeah. do it again by myself yeah. and um and like I said I was I was pre-med at the time so I started actually looking for the the a product that would help me to relive that experience again and mm -hmm. um I couldn't find it. It didn't exist. Uh, I wanted something that, you know, could, could actually mimic human motion instead of just vibration. Right. Um, I wanted something that uh, could actually fit me and fit a, a range of body types and individuals. And that didn't work either because I was buying products and you know, experimenting with them and trying them and they wouldn't fit me. And they, you know, they're like, Oh, it fits everyone. And, um, but you yeah. couldn't make it, you know, conform it to fit you. And I wanted something that was hands-free. And mm. so I'm looking. Oh, no. Oh, I'm going to let her know her internet was kind of still that at the same time. Anyway, um, I'm sure she'll be back soon. But her internet was kind of buffering. So hopefully she can turn off some devices to make sure we can see her and hear her in the same time speed. I don't know if it was the same way for you, but for me, it was kind of buffering, but I just wanted to write that to her. So um, like she was mentioning that she was in med school and had the time of her life one night and discovered that there weren't any devices out there like that. So like with many CEOs or entrepreneurs, I think that's a common thread where they discover that there's, or even writers, in that sense too, where they they see a lot of items out there that miss the mark and discover their own way to fix that. And that can be applied to any entrepreneur, anybody that's out there that's thinking of creating something, like let this be your inspiration to go do it. Let this be the time to try to maybe go pursue it now that you have the extra time, you don't have anywhere else to go, <laughs> like you're stuck at home. Like maybe it's a good time to come up with a game plan, call some friends and just start brainstorming what they like and you like and figure stuff out, not, not necessarily in the sec tech space, but any space that you're interested in or notice that there's something that's missing. So yeah, hopefully she's going to come back soon. I can keep talking about her and her products. Uh, look, I can pull up the website and show you even, ah, nope, she's back. Okay. Oh, oh wait. Oh, actually it's not really back. It's it's empty. Oh, there you are. This Yay. I could actually see you and hear you the whole oh, time. Okay. And I'm oh. just like, I'm right here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I was like, you yeah. were kind of buffering before, which you're not now. I was like, maybe turn off some Wi-Fi devices. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, this isn't Wi-Fi connected, so I should be. Oh, well, maybe your Apple TV. 
No, all of it. All of it. Turned it off. Anyway. Okay, great. Because uh, you look a lot better. Not saying, okay. I mean, like as far as being digital. Uh, <laughs> you're like, no, you look cute. Yeah, no, I mean, I, well, we'll get to that later. I don't even want to jump to that. But I've seen you where you were supposedly sick and you still looked amazing. I was like, oh if I God. looked like that sick. But anyway, we'll go back to like, you were explaining why you started your sex tech company and the blended orgasm experience. And yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm when, all in. So I, I, so I was looking for that product. Product didn't exist. And then what um, the second thing I went looking for as a, you know, a, a very curious med student, I was right. like, OK, where's the, the data that I would need in order to start designing and, and engineering a product that could do this? And so I went looking for it. And that didn't exist either. Because I wonder why. I know. We didn't hear <laughs> research and we still don't. We're still no. pushing for that. So um, I actually was able to kind of start putting together a, des a design. And even then, I was still very nervous about uh, starting, a starting a company, um, even talking about the idea. Because I didn't know the first thing about starting a company. I didn't know the first thing about, I thought entrepreneurs were like people that started mom and pop shops and restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't even didn't even cross my mind that, you know, um, a female or a female facing person my age that had never like studied business could actually start a company like mm -hmm. a, a real company, a tech company. So um, I was terrified for a while. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I was talking to some of the right people and they were they're like, it sounds like you have an idea like for an invention and, or like for a company. And I was like. I am not an inventor. I'm not, <laughs> not a businesswoman. But if I was going to create a, an invention, this is what I would do. Right. And um, and they're like, Holy shit! Like, um, if you do that, we'll help you like figure out how to get funding. And I was like, right, right. So again, uh, failure to launch, total perfectionist, uh, complete control freak. <laughs> and I'm just like, sounds like an entrepreneur works. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't even know. So I'm the process, like over, over the years, I've really had to teach myself how to not be a perfectionist, mm. um, completely let go of that control and allow others to shine where they need to shine. Um, but to get kicked off, um, actually, uh, when we, we I finally did actually pick up and start the company. Um, I went to Oregon State University and I sat down with Dr. John Parmigiani, uh, who is the head of the MIME lab at Oregon State, who happens to be the top four robotics lab in the country. So I was wow. in the right place. Yeah. So I pitched this idea to him and he just like blanched, just went completely <laughs> white. And, and then he turned bright red and he was like, and I was like, but here I have this uh, list of 52 functional engineering requirements. I do come from a bit of an engineering family. So um, uh, I put together all these specifications and requirements um, and and he got really excited. So we kicked off this um, Lorde Carlo industry funded uh, research program. Mm -hmm. And within about eight months or so, we had a prototype and we had filed for five patents. And uh, we decided, well, sh we might as well just shoot from the moon and go after one of the biggest uh, awards in the tech space at the Consumer, Elect uh, Consumer Electronics Show. And, um, and so we applied. We didn't think we would get it because, I mean, we're a female-led, tiny little engineering company. 
uh, with mostly female and female facing and non-binary engineers. So we're just like, yeah, they're probably going to laugh at us because that's what we're used to. And, um, and we got it. And we thought that that signified kind of a, a, a change in the trajectory of, of, you know, how society looks at sex, sexuality and the intersection of right. technology uh, with that very important conversation. So we're getting ready for this huge show. We're freaking out. I'm, I'm raising more, more funds to be able to, to, to support this where we've engaged with a PR company. We're hiring on marketing people doing all sorts of stuff. And then we get a, uh, an email from the CTA, the consumer technology association after we, which owns CES, right? Yeah. Runs CES. And, um, we were actually before we start talking again, she's writing me, but it's the three dots, which is the longest three dots ever. Oh my god, <laughs> like a swirling uh, concentration yeah. wheel of death. Yeah, that's what I call it the color wheel of death. Let's see. Oh boy, same look repeating, huh? Okay, you're back. Yay, we're back. Hi, hey, Amy. Different devices. Yeah, I'm gonna say we're Elsa and Anna frozen. (laughs) Oh, I'll get this at some point. Yeah. Oh shit. Trying. Oh boy. Looking good. Touch it. Okay. (laughs) So, what was that engineering degree again? No, I'm kidding. Absolute shit show. No, it's all good. It's all good. I'm so not uh, tech savvy, so it's kind of like all I know is to close it and come back. (laughs) It's worked for me three times so far. Yeah. Oh my god. Why not? It happens with so many. I guess now streaming and home, it's a lot on the system. So yeah, we just roll with it. It's the same, like on even. The networks now, I'm noticing they have the same problem. So I'm like, yeah, say la vie. I, I, I sent a message to uh, uh, my social media team the other day. I was mm-hmm. like, um, I can't remember what we were talking about. I was just literally was like, oh my God, can everybody get off the fucking internet? I need to do shit. <laughs> like only essential just, people should be on. Fucking up my bandwidth. <laughs> so speaking of sucking and them taking away your award. <laughs> I do my best. I took improv. Anyway, yeah, so they gave us this award, and then they take it away on the grounds that it's immoral or obscene or profane. And I'm just like, holy shit! So we we tried to talk them through this and how biased that was, right? And just and and literally said like, you know. Like your decision is extremely arbitrary and it's capricious and it's biased. Like you've had products for that are sexual for male geared towards a male gaze on like your a whole sex like, toy, right? Like a whole sex a doll or something. And they had a sex doll. And forgive me for saying, but she would tell you how great you are. You could change your face, you could change your accent, and then she'd give you a blowjob. <gasps> no. And I'm just like, how is that? That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, and and then not only that, but I mean, they had a booth babe problem, and there's nothing wrong with having, you know, mm. like people there to promote your, you know, or or sports teams or people that know about your product. But like, I mean, they were literally like these people know nothing about the product. They were there yeah. just completely yeah. objectifying women's bodies, and um, and then in 2017 and 
2018, not one female-facing keynote speaker <gasps> or uh, not one. And this this is a, a, a show that has over 180,000 attendees, almost 5,000 vendors, and not one single keynote speaker that was that identified or that uh, was non-binary, nothing, not a, mm. all that's all insane. Dominantly white males. And, and so we pointed that out to them and we said like, look, you have a, you have a, an inclusion problem. You have sure. a diversity problem across multiple, uh, uh, across, uh, the whole board. Yeah. Whether it was on the floor or on the, the panel. Yeah. And they stuck and then they were like, nope, we're, you know what? In fact, you're causing trouble. We're going to take your award away from you and you're being banned from the show. And I'm like, what? All and right. Power. Um, mm. Don't say we didn't warn you. So <laughs> we, uh, we took the story. We, we ended up, um, uh, you know, releasing it on international platform the day before CES went live. And um, we got, we became a bit of an international sensation overnight. I became a motivational speaker overnight, which was really funny because I went from like dorking around in the engineering lab to, you know, standing on a, a stage at Forbes in Israel going, derp. <laughs> no, and... I watched that. You did a great job. <laughs> I did not know that was your first one, though. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, the one in Israel was. And then, um, you know, I actually just gave my first keynote at uh, Women in Tech Conference in Stockholm, Sweden. And it's still like, I think it's important to just like kind of start out with staying what's on your mind. I digress, but start out with, with yeah. what's on your mind. Because I walked on stage and there's, you know, 3,000 people, um, you know, in the in the mezzanine and on the floor. And I'm just like, I went, oh, hi, <laughs> there's a lot of you out there, isn't there? Well, even to think about like, I don't know. Maybe it's just from living in areas where you just hear about Israel being very conservative to just think that Israel was more opening to your product and to you than even in California. Like, it just sounds ridiculous. Or in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Sorry. In Las Vegas. Like, what? I mean, I've been to Las Vegas a lot of times. That's not really the moral capital of any place. Well, what's interesting is that, um, you know, 20 years ago, there was sex tech at the show explicitly. Mm. There was, it was all okay. over the show. Um, and it started mm. because uh, it, it really started and took off because VHS allowed porn on their platform. They won out over Betamax, but it was a huge technological feat and porn. Oh, wait, let me explain what VHS is for the young folks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's what we call DVDs. Don't, re- don't rewind. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a dork. Um, yeah, so so it used to it used to have a ton of sex tech at the show, and actually, um, they kept butting heads because they couldn't find a happy medium. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, I don't think that it was really being done respectfully or tastefully, and so the mm-hmm. CTA wasn't happy. Um, and they and these uh, these these companies, these sex tech companies, kept getting pushed closer mm. further and further to the back of the show and they were even putting oh this is terrible this like makes me just weep for every sex worker out there um they were even putting uh uh signs on the bathrooms that said you know caution warning pros- uh, uh uh 
uh, porn stars also use this bathroom as if you're going to catch something from sitting on the same toilet seat. Oh my gosh. And, and I, so it was, it was a fiasco. So uh, ultimately they ended up going to different, um, to different times in different space. So now they're two separate shows. One is the AVN and okay. one is the BS. So, um, Anyway, so I, we point out like all of these issues and, and we start getting a ton of international press. I start speaking at all of these huge events um, and we start growing and getting a lot of traction. And, um, you know, a couple months in, we get I get an email from Gary Shapiro, who is the um, CEO of the CTA, Consumer Technology mm-hmm. Association, that puts on CES every year. And it just says, can we talk? And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. So our teams got together on a conference call. And the first thing they said um, that Gary said was, we owe you a big apology. Um, Never taking your award away. That was extremely unfair to you. Um, And, you know, it was very clear at the time, two things. One, obviously they wanted that public mea culpa. They wanted to be exonerated. Who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. Um, But two, what we did realize is that they really did want to do better. Yeah. Is that, is that even, is that correct? I mean, they did want to do better. I feel like I hear that a lot as like, even I think it's a hashtag. (laughs) I can't remember who said it, but they were like, I think they were coming down on a certain 45, but they were saying he could do better. Like I've heard it. So I think, yeah, I think it's a good one. We'll let it pass. We'll we'll let it slide. They, they wanted, you've talked at Stockholm. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) which I also want to talk about that experience as well. Like I thought you had worked as a speaker before, at least done it before. What was that experience like for you? Like, how did you even prepare for something like that? That was, that was rough. You're all going in a second. I want to close out the CES thing. Okay. I'm sure. 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 I love closing the loop on this because, um, you know, we realized they wanted to give our award back and we went, let's do one better. Um, let's utilize this opportunity because, we would be a really great partner for you to understand how to be better, how to include um, a, like all genders, how to be more inclusive, okay. use more inclusive language in your policies, rewrite those policies so that they, that they are respectful to all genders. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's bring sex tech back to the show. And they went, oh, we've talked about it, but nobody has a plan. I'm like, there's a way to do this that can be done um, in a very respectful and tasteful manner. And personally, I believe that if you have a product that solves a problem, it's done very respectfully. It's very tastefully done. Um, it truly is innovative and it's not, it's not objectifying mm-hmm. of, of human bodies or female bodies or demoralizing in any way, then hell yes, it deserves to be at an innovation show. This is the hot seat for innovation. So let's do that. And so we actually saw, we went this, we went back um, not only did they give us our award back for Osei, mm-hmm. they actually gave us two more new awards for um, the two, the next two products in the Osei family. One for Onda, which um, means rolling wave in Italian. And this actually, this guy actually just, okay. oh, I should probably turn it on first. Um, and it Has, just, this is, is it just needs to be charged. Charge. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Oh, oh wow. No. I, mean, like, yeah, we, I was like, more battery. <laughs> 
More battery. <laughs> no, my cousin sent me something today. Like, you know, I've been stuck home so long. I'm starting to wonder why isn't there a B battery? And I'm like, stop talking about batteries today. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. <laughs> like, she didn't know what I was talking about the show yet. Oh, but it was hilarious. Oh, trust me. Try, try, uh, try running a company that does nothing but this all day long. I'm like, right. I, it cracks me up because I remember early constant on, sex sitting joke. there brainstorming, and I'm like, I really want to go home and masturbate. This is awkward. <laughs> So you're saying there's not a facility at the actual warehouse to well, practice something. You know, the way that we've, we've set everything up now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got pictures of me laying on the lab floor, like just going, I think I got it. I, I need a power source. Because <laughs> everything that we've done in the lab is, um, yeah. we, we do our own iterations. We have a, um, we have it's a. not you can a, test on lab rats. <laughs> No, we I'm just, just saying. On the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to work for this company, and they had on their um, on all of their packaging. I can't remember what brand it was, but it said, um, "Don't worry, we don't test on animals; we only test on celebrities," or something like that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> much, so. Yeah, we test all of our own product. We we okay. went through we go through um, extensive testing actually uh, with uh, double blinds with. Uh, blind users so that they don't know where the where the product's coming from so they're okay. not uh, uh, I mean but your products are so different than everything else on the market in the sense is, that it is bendable and flexible to fit kind of wherever their anatomy gets the best pleasure from like it's yeah. literally owning your well, own the whole idea yeah. is that that's also that therein lies an issue too because right. we, we know so little about um vaginal anatomy and pleasure anatomy really um that you know, it's not going to be perfect the first time. It's mm -hmm. not. Um, that's why we need to do more work. That's why we need to do more data collection. That's why we need we need good feedback from people that have used it or that want something that fits them better. And that's what I've been doing is I've actually been talking to people, yeah. calling them up and saying, how did you like it? How did you get the fit? Did you not get a fit? Why didn't you get a fit? What can we do to make that better? And we'd actually, out of those phone calls with me directly to people, which is also hilarious because we get a customer service request and then the CEO calls and they're like, wait, is this Laura? <laughs> not like some other person intern what who uses your name too person? yeah <laughs> well what a better way to be hands-on on your product than more ways than one like you're actually making sure you're hearing it directly from consumer and sometimes i'm sure when they have the ceo on the line they're like well actually since you can actually make a difference as opposed right. to some random i don't know who i'm talking to that you can actually because you also offer with every purchase that they can talk to a sex expert or like how does so, that work as well? That, that's yeah, that was the that was the other thing, and that's actually where this concept was born of was okay. uh, the program's called Well SX, okay. um, and we're 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 getting it kicked off. Uh, we have yet we haven't actually officially kicked it off yet. Okay, but we're training um, our Well SX coaches uh, with experts um, to work with our customer base. And to not just talk about how to get a, get the right fit or to figure out what your journey looks like and what products might be best for you or, you know, how to work yourself up to whatever your goal is. Although I don't think there's ever one goal. The whole damn thing is a journey. Trust me. Um, but the whole idea is to is to provide a safe space for people that that want to understand a little bit more about their sexuality, about their bodies, because. I think the the one big takeaway about sexuality, and this is our social mission, mm -hmm. is that the more you feel at comfort 
uh, comfortable with your sexuality, the more comfortable you are with your identity, the more confident you are, the more empowered you are. And that confident, empowered individual goes out and they make, they do great things. That's how we want to change the world is we want to help everybody get there just a little bit easier. Yeah. So it's, the goal is to just help people feel a little bit more comfortable. And I think that's an important conversation. Yeah. I think that's a huge conversation that a lot of women need to have and have someone that can give them the language to help them have that conversation. Not only with themselves and exploring it, but when they're talking to their partner, because I was surprised. Luckily, she doesn't have social media, so she may never know I'm talking about her. But one of my girlfriends was telling me that with her husband, that she had never had an orgasm with him, that she always like after he had his orgasm, she would go and pleasure herself to make sure she had one as well. And she didn't even know how to have that conversation with someone that she loved enough to marry. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. how does that exist? Because I remember very young, I'm shame. so hoping my mom is not on this watching this today, but um, very young hearing that if you have sex with somebody more than once and you don't have an orgasm, that's on you, not on them. Because you didn't tell them what you needed, what you wanted, or, you know, like, yeah, so... I, well, I, I guess I, there's part of me that agrees, but there's a huge part of me that completely disagrees with that Mm. statement because there are so many people that are shamed and stigmatized Mm -hmm. around, around, I mean, we stigmatize pleasure, period. It doesn't matter if it's sexual or not. We stigmatize and shame people for pursuing pleasure because that's, it's, we perceive that as being selfish. I think um, for women, especially more so yes. than men. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Men are definitely praised on getting pleasure as much yeah. as possible. I mean, rack it up. We, we, we've been testing out like a, a video through my personal brand. Um, okay. advertise as a company on, on social media platforms. So, um, we, we created, you know, my brand as a, as a public figure, as a, as a public speaker. And we, we put a video up uh, just and it's literally like a five second video that's just like, come check out this website, be empowered in your sexuality, you know, erase the stigma. And that's literally it. There's no, there's no sound, nothing. And we, we tested that mm-hmm. on uh, social media and we got some of the nastiest <gasps> trolls. Um, oh no. Not even like it, not even like, you know, I don't like your product. It's literally, it was all men in their forties and fifties, white males that hate women, hate them, hate me. And I was just like, Ooh, we got a lot of work to do. They're like, Oh, you have a man face. That's you're just angry. And I'm like, yeah, that's, what? that's my problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. one, what, there was one in there that was like, you know, it, it's all on you. If you can't get there, if, if you, you know, you should be having sex with your man every day. And that's the only way that you should be pursuing pleasure. And I'm just like, okay, motherfucker, for one, like we have been stigmatized and made to feel like slutty, shameless, like shameful mm. whores for even wanting to understand our bodies better. So don't even try to tell me for a second that because I'm like, like pursuing my own pleasure that mm. I'm like, there's something wrong with that. So I have been stigmatized since I was a little girl and told that everything that I'm doing is absolutely, um, that is, is, hold on. I just got, I just got a, a thing. Um, that what I'm doing is, is, uh, is shameful and it's slutty. Mm-hmm. Whereas we should be lifting these people up and allowing them to, um, to embrace their sexuality, not make right. them feel worse about it. So no, if you, if you didn't tell your partner by the second time, it's still not, I don't think it's your fault. I think the fact is we just, uh, 
we just need hold up hold on one second. no worries i was going to re-clarify that um statement i might have said it too harshly but more or less that you have that power of voicing for yourself yeah what you want in that sense like but at the same time i get what you're saying because uh yeah um, oh, yeah. And I want to make sure that when we're saying it doesn't have to just be with a man, but I'm just saying in the sense that it's always promoted in a way that only the man is allowed to get pleasure in sex. Not oh, gosh, there's like one of my dog hairs on my mic and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I keep, oh, there he goes. Okay. I keep seeing it distracting me. But yeah, well, what we're, I don't want it in my I mouth. What's, what's really important is that we have discovered... Um, through this well sx program that people are responding really well um and that um through our studies as well we've yeah. uh, we've actually done a study we did a study last year with over 1500 people and asked oh, wow. them, what are the things that you that you like sexually um i'm gonna turn this down a little bit i'm, I'm getting feedback and it's really distracting oh okay so yeah okay, no that's, that's okay a better. it's not that bad um, what are the things you like? How do you talk to your partner? What's your comfort level with your own body? What's your knowledge around your own pleasure points? Um, how do you masturbate? Why do you masturbate? We found that the biggest reasons people were masturbating was because um, they were actually pursuing things like better sleep, decreased stress, better overall well-being. Guess what that sounds like to me? That sounds like health and wellness to me. Yeah, it sounds um, like self-care. The yeah. shame level are, and and dissatisfaction with somebody with your own body was actually really high. Um, yeah. And we found that only about 30 percent that that um, nearly 30 percent of, of these people, um, they can't have an orgasm uh, during interaction with their partners and they didn't feel comfortable talking about it either. And there's that stigma. There's that that shame again. So that's why we wanted to do this. I think we're the very first company to actually kick off a program like this where just talk to us about it. That's what we're here for. You know, we want to bring that human element um, to this conversation. It's a very crucial conversation. And the only way that we are going to um, destigmatize it and bring it into a mainstream space is if we keep talking about it. Right. Make it normalized. Like I think you were saying in one of your lives or... I don't know. I li- I've, I've watched a lot of your videos over the years, so I don't remember where I heard it, but I remember like the more we talk about vaginas, the less the less stigma will be about it. So I appreciate all that you're doing because I just thought like with the 70s, there was this whole movement, at least what I read about the 70s anyway, that there was all of the sexual empowering and yeah. all of that. And I wonder where the disconnect happened. I'm, maybe it was the Reagan years where everything went back conservative. Maybe. I don't know. But there was a, this whole free love movement and enjoying yourselves. And then all of a sudden it died off. And what do you project as far as like, where, what's your goal with all of this, like with doing with sex tech and. Uh, like I said, it's, it's that social mission. We've taken that social mission and we've kind of discovered that through the, the CES process when we, we discovered this huge disparity between genders and sexuality and acceptance mm-hmm. Um, we, we took that social mission that's rooted in, in allowing everybody to feel a little more comfortable in their own skin, because we know I can't change the world by myself, Mm -hmm. but I sure as hell can, can empower others to feel more comfortable in their individuality. And we know that when people feel more confident and empowered, they go out and they do really great things and they, you know, together we change the world better. If we can change a couple of minds, we can make a, like help a few people feel just more at home in their own bodies 
that's, that's a great step towards changing the world. But, you know, it's also the way that we're doing that is creating products that are thoughtfully innovative and, and utilize the data that we're collecting, not just innovating in a bubble and, and making things that we think other people are going to like, but actually asking our communities and, you know, what are the biggest problems with sexuality? We've actually started another study right now um, and we're working with uh, several experts that, um, you know, one of them is uh, works with the Kinsey Institute and I oh, nice. just adore, adore him. And um, what we're trying to figure out is what are the biggest problems in sexuality and what can we do utilizing the technology that we have the capability of creating in order to solve those problems and how can we utilize our educators um you know our empowered folks internally uh to help provide a service for folks where they can kind of discover their own personal journey because we know that sex is directly directly linked to identity and the more that we can allow people to feel comfortable in their own identity one makes them feel more confident but two it allows people to accept other people's identities and and that's that's going to be a crucial step in the next societal evolution that this this entire planet desperately needs to see Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so I want to make sure that we make time for some of the comments, but I want to get to this other point really quickly uh, with you being a public speaker, because I think so many people now, since they're staying home and having to work from home, they really need to kind of own their space through the computer and like, you know what I mean? Like they're not, just, they don't have the opportunity to kind of perform in front of a boardroom and so on, but you've been doing a lot of lives as well. What kind of tips can you give for women or anyone actually, not just women, but that to kind of help own the space and make sure that their message is, is heard and received through the computer screen or camera screen or even on stage? Like, is there any connection or? Speak from the heart, honestly. Okay. Um, like I said, like uh, when I was at WIT, um, I caught up there and and I, I deviated from my speech quite a bit and it was just... Yeah. Um, out of the spirit of, of remaining authentic, like I'm, I'm standing there. Re remember that you're speaking to human beings. They right. are just as scared. They are just as terrified. Um, they have just as much imposter syndrome as you do. And guess what? If you're an expert in what, you know, you're an expert in, you know, way more than they mm -hmm. ever will in your subject matter. So, you know, remain confident in that. Know that, you know, People are, are, are showing up to listen to you because you are important, because you, what, you do, what you do know does matter, and, and your voice is important. So um, I suffer a lot from the imposter syndrome. From I'm like, I love getting on stage, but I'm also terrified of it. Um, but I do remember that, you know, helping to, to remind other folks that, you know, I may look like I know what I'm doing. Most of the time, I feel like I have no fucking clue. <laughs> now, okay. now, so uh, kind of stepping back, because I asked this earlier, but we had to finish up with the CES. And I kind of want to finish up. I think there's still more I want to know about CES. Like, you went back since then. What were the biggest differences you know that were a positive that you would like to see them kind of keep going with and even do more to be more inclusive, especially for women and, I mean, diversity in general? Well um, I think that, you know, they are a very big association and they've got a lot of work to do. And sometimes getting the message out to everyone um, is not as not um, it, it takes time. It takes maybe um, one or two cycles before you can start to get it kind of moderately right. Um, and bear in mind when they said we'll allow sex tech to come back to this, the show, they said it 
will allow Sex Tech to come back to the show on a one-year conditional, um, mm. and we'll see about the following years. So um, the thing that I saw that was really rewarding was just that we proposed that Sex Tech be uh, presented in a very different manner. Um, not different, but just the way that it should be, the way sexuality should be presented and respectfully and tastefully done. Um, and, a, you know, if it's done correctly, then it should be allowed in a mainstream platform. Yeah. If it's innovative and solving problems, then it should be at a tech show. And um, the one thing that they proposed to me early on was, oh, well, let's, let's put, uh, let's give sex tech its own section. So you can be, you know, you can have your own section of sex tech. Oh, now. like the nope. VHS tape days where yeah. you have to go through the black yeah. curtain to get there. Yeah. My immediate reaction was absolutely not. Yeah. And they said, well, why? And I was like, well, you know why? Because we just did the study and we found out that, guess what? It completely solidified the fact that sexual health and wellness is health and wellness. Mm. And guess what? You have a health and wellness section. So we deserve to be right next to the sleep tech folks, to the meditation tech folks, all of those folks, because guess what? Sexual health and wellness is just that. So we saw sex tech interspersed throughout the entire sexual health and wellness uh, category. And, and it did, and it did one extra thing that I was really hoping it would do is it helped to normalize and just make mm. um, sex tech seem more mainstream because you know you'd, you'd walk past this you know new yoga app and then you'd walk past this sleep tech company and then oh there's a sex tech company and oh this these guys do uh you know t this tennis app and wait there's a sex tech company yeah so what about the panel were there more women as well or was it just you <laughs> <laughs> there, there were, there were, there were some people that were there talking. Uh, uh, okay. That actually did a panel with uh, Rachel Braun Sherrill, who okay. um, is uh, she's absolutely amazing. Um, we talked about uh, being entrepreneurs and funding in um, in a very stigmatized space, particularly as female facing individuals and women, um, and you know what that's like and how it differentiates. Um, and there's a lot of reasons like, you know, that it, that it differentiates, but I think as long as you look at it from the way that I look at it, it's a business. Right. Like I have, I, I have meetings. I, we go through financials, we go through marketing, uh, uh, strategy. We sit down and we have our PR, like it's no different than any other business right. except our subject matter is way more fun than yours. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say way more pleasurable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy your homework. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go do some market research. I'll be <laughs> in about three to four hours. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact why you had that beautiful selfie while you were sick. So, uh -huh. can you talk a little bit about your experience with coronavirus and how, like, Am I putting you on the spot? No, not at all. Oh, okay. I'm like, like, if it's I'm on social media, like, I feel like. And I'm like, I, I was like. I was, I was like, like, you're all glowy. And I'm sure that's from the sweat maybe. But it was just like, <laughs> what? Sure Is that filtered? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sick in the bed. Totally believe you. But then when you were going through all the different symptoms you experienced. And I've seen you post all these different things about your workouts and so on. So I was just like, whoa, this proves that could happen to anyone. And I didn't know your age. But I won't out you on that either. Yeah, but no. you're kind of young as well. So I was just like. What I have is been, going on? Um, I like I said, I was a Navy nurse. I I've, I've yeah. been um a 
I, I'm a fitness nut. I am a health nut. Um, I take very good care of my body. I was actually um, a figure and fitness model when I was in my early 20s. Um, oh, wow. I competed. Um, I take my health very seriously. I take, um, I lift. Um, I think I probably still have the, uh, the high school squat record at my high school. Um, oh, yeah. And so I was in, I was in Sweden and I spoke at WIT and then I was in London and I was with my assistant, uh, Becca, and suddenly um, she didn't look so good. And I was like, well, we're heading Ouch. home pretty quick. And, um, and then the next day I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel very great. It felt like allergies at first. Okay. And, um, and it just kind of started to get a little bit worse. And then we, you know, we fly from, from Gatwick, London back to uh, Los Angeles and I'm in LA and I'm just going, this is, this is bad. This something's wrong. And this was before this really blew up. Like, um, this was before it, like, even we knew that it had hit London. Mm. Um, and so I'm in, I'm in LA and we hop on this little puddle jumper. And, and of course, like I'm, I'm a weirdo. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a mask the whole time. Keep in mind, I'm also, I used to be in, I used to be in healthcare. So I'm wearing a mask. I'm wearing, um, I've got hand sanitizer. I'm trying to take care of myself thinking I'm staying healthy from other people, but really I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I, I kept other people safe from me as much as humanly possible. Um, and it eventually ended up sitting down with, um, you know, the County and, and telling them everywhere I was just so they could follow up on everything. Right. But, um, that last leg of the flight was absolutely awful. I got home, we came straight to my house and we quarantined in my house and, uh, the County came out and gave us a flu test first and that flu test came back like five days later and it was negative. And I went, holy shit. Um, yeah, and it started yeah. to get worse and worse. And that was around the time when um, my, I started have having respiratory problems and I started to get really scared. Um, I had never experienced an illness that was so debilitating. It was terrifying. I was so weak that I remember like almost like waking up standing in the bathroom staring at my hands crying because I just couldn't one I couldn't figure out how I don't didn't remember walking into the bathroom I could not figure out why my hands were so weak and I couldn't breathe and luckily it didn't get so bad that I ended up in the hospital but I think it if it gotten any worse I probably would have and I am a very healthy 34 year old female who's extreme like I I work out like a fucking crazy girl and I try to take care of myself to the best of my ability, especially being an entrepreneur, which can be really hard. And it rocked me. And then how many days did you have symptoms? Like how long did, were you like at that point where you felt debilitated and within? From the moment of um, the very first symptom to until the moment I got a, a negative test back was 37 days. And the, so I started... I, I started becoming asymptomatic. Um, and so I, I actually went to, and, and there was a, a period in there where it was so bad. I was, I was, I called my mom. I was crying. I was like, I don't want to die. I was yeah. terrified. Um, oh my so it started, I started to recuperate, but what was crazy is I normally, if I'm sick, I bounce back pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not bounce back. Um, my body was just like, no, you're not like, I had no symptoms at that point. And, um, but I was still lightheaded. Um, I was feeling faint. Um, my body, like my, 
everything. My body was just completely racked. And, uh, it was another two weeks after being asymptomatic. And I had like a little bit of a, an uptick in like kind of a, uh, relapse in symptoms in there. And I got a positive test back, even though I'd been asymptomatic for over a week and a half, I got a positive test back. And then another two weeks after that, I finally got a negative test back. Everything from the shortness of breath and in a way that I can't even describe, it was like this deep, cold feeling. If I tried to breathe in too deep, it felt like an icy hand reaching into my, into my chest and I would just couldn't stop coughing. And, um, everything. I completely lost my sense of taste and my sense. I've of heard smell. that. Okay. Um, uh, I wasn't like snotty, but I was definitely like, people are like, Oh, it's a dry thing. I'm like, it's not a dry thing. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, poor thing. Yeah. I, I just, I pretty much looked like death for about a month. And, was there uh, anything that you took to help you feel better? Like was I made any medication at all? Soup. You know okay. what? I was actually taking both ibuprofen and acetaminophen, and okay. then I found out afterwards that might have actually made it worse, or made uh, the 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 relapse happen with the ibuprofen because ah. I huh. they, they were finding that out after the fact. Okay. Um, I oh, let's see, I I actually have an inhaler um, just due to allergies, um, and uh, that helped significantly. Okay. Um, but really it was, I ate a lot of chicken. I had to force feed myself chicken soup because it just tasted like, tasted like water. Oh. Um, I couldn't taste anything. Um, I didn't want to eat anything. I lost about 10 pounds. Um, it was just, uh, there wasn't a lot that I could do except for just hydrate as much as humanly possible. Make sure I was still getting enough electrolytes and sleep. Okay. Um, and I felt terrible because I mean, especially if you're, if you lead or run a business, like, um, as much of a perfectionist and control freak as I am, um, I'm like, I just want to be there for the team. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and I couldn't even stay awake. And uh, oh, my it, poor was, thing. it was brutal. Now, you also said that your assistant was going through it. Was it the same for her or was, did she have, was like less Almost. problematic or sorry? She had all the same symptoms that I, okay. I did, except her, her respiratory issues weren't nearly as bad. And she just didn't get hit as hard as I did. Okay. Um, and, but she did, she ended up with uh, not being able to smell or taste anything a lot longer than I did. And it actually okay. came back again for her. Um, but she's been able to go home uh, back to her partner and her dog and, uh, um, <laughs> Very important. and they've been fine. Um, but she actually, she took a test. Um, they had her take a test and she, they were like, oh, it came back inconclusive. And then they retested that same test like, two weeks later and it was still positive. So um, there's just, we know very little about this and we're yeah, learning absolutely. a lot. But it is not something to mess with, um, and that I can't stress social distancing enough. Um, this needs to be taken seriously. And I'm sorry, but if you think you're healthy and your body can handle it, seriously check yourself because it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about the other person that you're going to affect. Because if you get sick, you will very likely kill someone else. Um, mm-hmm. And that's my biggest fear: is like the folks that can't handle yeah. this kind of illness. You know. So now. I have to ask, since you've been through it, like when you go out or if you do go out, how do you like, how do you stay safe? Do you wear a mask? Do you do the gloves? Like, what is your protocol now since you've been through it? What, what would you want for other people to know as far as, because we hear so many different views and everybody, like I wear gloves and a mask whenever I go out, but at the same time, not everybody's following that around me. And I'd love to hear from someone that's actually gone through it how you, what you do to protect other people and yourself, because you could get it again. And yeah, well, um, the, 
there's a there's a, a modicum of xenophobia um that i've noticed around like yes. if you do wear a mask i'm in a small town i'm in bend oregon and it's i mean it's small ish mm-hmm. um but uh i i wear a mask um i bring gloves uh with me but i i keep hand sanitizer um okay. and i um uh, just I just distance from folks and I try not to don't touch the thing and then go oh, I want this thing instead just grab the thing you want because the only reason I've left the house to go any to any public place that isn't just like for a walk in the park is right. the grocery store when I absolutely need it and um, um, but I have noticed that people will like if you're wearing a mask people still look at you like there's something wrong with you that there's something weird mm-hmm. and it's like this is not just for my safety. This is for yours like, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was at the grocery store today for the first time in a long time. Cause I try to go as long as I can without, and they were doing a great job at social. Di- they had all the tape on the floor and everything, but then it was at Aldi's. Do you guys have Aldi's in Oregon? No. Oh, well, okay. So at Aldi's, they, yeah, they don't provide you with bags. So you have to kind of like bag your stuff yourself and everything. It's a German uh, grocery store. Yeah. And so, um, like she was putting everything in my basket and I was like grabbing my stuff out after I paid. And the other lady that was after me, she had put her stuff also in my basket and she was like, all of a sudden, then she was like right on top of me. Like, Oh my God, seriously, this is the part where you're going to get right on top of me. Like stay yeah. at the tape. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I will turn around and tell yeah. people you need to back up and give me okay. space. Okay. Um, and you know what? It's just, it, and just be polite about it, but be firm. Yeah. Um, some people, think that it's funny or cute to get in your mm-hmm. space because they don't take it as seriously as you do. Right. You take it seriously, then you need to project that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's not just like, you know, I'm not telling you like, go, go be a bitch about it. But the fact is, mm-hmm. is it is a safety protocol. You are, you're doing this to, to keep yourself, your family and others safe. Um, so if somebody is up in your space, tell them to back off. Mm-hmm. Um, in, if anything, and it's like, you know, honestly, it's, if anything, it's, if you, if you don't believe in the safety program, you, and, and you, you think COVID's a joke, which is, I just can't even wrap my mind around that because I've right. been there. Um, yeah. Then just some, like, give me my personal space for one, yeah. like my bubble. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm a, there was like a meme a long time ago where the guy was wearing like a hula hoop as a belt. I was like, like that would sell big time. Or even the um, John Travolta bubble boy. Like, yes. Yeah. Now we I'm like, that's walk- not a bad idea. We went on a walk the other day and I saw these two ladies walking along the park because we're right <laughs> next to the river and oh, they're, they're holding a six foot uh, long pole. And <laughs> one's holding the front half, the other's holding the other, the back half. And I'm like, that. Them bitches know what just don't switch about. poles. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to be mindful of the time. I know we started a little bit late, but you have yeah. a, there's a lot of comments I want to go through and make sure I go through. Um... Yeah, I can't see any of these. So I'm just like, okay. Um, well, most of them are comments, but so they're saying so many fascinating subjects to pursue with you, which we did. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. This is when before you were on when we were talking back and forth. So I wasn't talking alone. Um, they were like the conversation we were having earlier about owning our owning our pleasure they were saying it's an nicole saying it's an awesome important and free and discussion discussion be liberated and let's chat it up absolutely Uh, need is the mother of invention fill the need for all of those who are like (laughs) definitely filled that need yes (laughs) 
What did I say? Um, I I talked to. Um, are you familiar with uh, podcaster and um, she uh, thought leader, T H O T leader. Um, yeah. her uh, her name's uh, she goes by SX Noir. Um, no. she. I was talking to her earlier today, and she's stuck in New York, and she's just like the most gorgeous, tall thing I've ever seen. But um, she was like, you know, you really what you do is it's it's empathy driven derived innovation in tech and i was like i like it mm, yeah very much so okay that was when we were frozen so i don't need to say that comment um oh hi from megan jones oh they're making fun of the vhs comments oh, my God. <laughs> oh and this one i wanted to make sure that was said um rachel johnson was talking don't forget that there's no replicating the amazeness of having sex with a man lol oh, oh yeah that was uh one of those trolls mm. i'm sorry yeah. but there is <laughs> you know i mean there's a lot of women who would disagree with that statement for sure that um right yeah in the lgbtq community so hey guys amen to speak from the heart authenticity is key always good advice laura that is great another another laugh about the vhs tapes <laughs> <laughs> all the 80s kids are coming in <laughs> And we're removing the stigma with um, talking about sex. Oh, and another, I love that men are leaving comments, especially Demetrius. He was on my show yesterday yeah. with his sister, Prissy P. Um, why do you think sex is still so taboo, um, taboo, excuse me, Laura, when we see and hear it in all of our music and entertainment, yet it's frowned upon a lot otherwise? Yeah. Um, That's a great question. I mean, it's just, it's particularly, and I hate to say this because like even, and, and I, you know, just to, to go back to when I was talking about, like, some of the trolls that we had, that they were all, you know, white male. And I think that there's a, the, the thing there is that there was a lack of education. The biggest reason mm. that we have taboo around this, um, I think, is, is a lack of education. Um, people are afraid of things that they don't know more about. Of, and, and more about. And the, the issue here is that we know even far less about female sexuality than we do male sexuality. Um, and we know very little. We, we, we educate very little around sexuality, period. So therefore, it just makes it a very taboo subject because people are embarrassed about it. They don't know the answers. So mm -hmm. we're encouraging people to ask the hard questions, to explore the answers, because answers can be very individualistic um but we also need to we need to do a lot more study and research um around uh these important physiological structures and how they work we know that the the clitoris is actually makes up about the same size as like making the peace sign um but and we know that there is actually no other uh reason that the clitoris exists in the body than to give the human pleasure mm -hmm. um but the thing is we need, we, there's so much more that we need to know. Um, I mean, it, if you look at us like a hundred years ago, um, you know, the, the, where vibrators came from, it was actually, uh, the invention of a doctor, Dr. Mortimer, Mortimer Granville, um, who was using his hands to stimulate female genitalia in order to combat female hysteria by giving them orgasms so oh he so he designed the very first hand labor saving vibrator and i'm sure yeah. you know his carpal tunnel improved but <laughs> but i mean immediately yeah. stigmatizing the whole subject by one where we're calling it's hysteria yeah um and then we've just wrapped you know different vibrators into different colors of silicone different pinks different shapes mm -hmm. and, rabbits um, even 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it further, and, and we stopped the innovation. So I want to mm-hmm. jumpstart the innovation and get the conversation going. And I think that really, um, it, it, it attributes right back to education. Now, speaking of education, like what, when do you think that education should start about sex as well as pleasure? Because um, I grew up overseas. And so I saw like a video, which I didn't go to a Dutch school, but I lived in a Dutch community where they started talking about sex and love as early as kindergarten, as it being an expression, much like hugging in some ways, like you want to really create that love boundary yep. and so on, as opposed to everything is so taboo and you can't, or even... Um, I wouldn't let my daughter attend a class on sex ed because the male teacher was known for telling girls that um, sex is over when the men, man is finished. And I was like, there's no way I'm letting her learn that as a starting point of how sex is taught at the school. Yeah, I live in the South. I should, re- my, I should say that. But I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he said no. what? And that well, it, the way that works. Say, like, it sounds like the Dutch got yeah. it right because I yeah. my my personal belief is that we should be talking to our kids as soon as they kids start touching themselves when they're toddlers. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to tell them that's that's wrong, and let's not talk about it? They're doing it. You need to talk about it. If if your if your toddler goes out and he hits another kid, do you not talk about it? Absolutely. Like if your kid like jumps up and decides that they're going to put their hand on the on the burner, do you not talk about that? Like it's, it's, they're going to do it. You need to talk about it. And the the less you talk about it, the more you stigmatize it. The more you tell them, just go do it in a room so nobody sees you. Guess what you're doing? You're creating shame. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that very early. And I think this is probably the first time um, we're starting to see a generation of parents where they're a little more open about it. They're allowing pe- like their children to explore their bodies a little bit more, but we're still afraid to talk about it. Um, so yeah, I think sex education starts when they're very young. It doesn't mean, mean that we have to talk about porn with them. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean you or have to how, make it, yeah. like, look at what yeah. CES, make it respectful, make it tasteful. Um, yeah. the fact is it's, it is a physiological reaction. It is, it is like, it is your body. We teach them mm-hmm. where they're, you know, where your nose is. Do you know where your clit is? Yeah. The whole mirror and exploring yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Now, well, I could talk to you all day, but let me get to the rest of them. Exactly. So that was great. Um, what tips do you have for women wanting to enter the space, college age and transitioning uh, professionals? Ooh. Um, I mean, there are a lot of up and coming companies that are in this space and some people that are really doing it well. Um, I, if you're looking at getting into a company like um, that is currently that's currently going. I mean, I, I would just reach out. We're not, we're not hiring right now, but I mean, I look at everything that comes across my desk. Um, we put everything in with our careers folder. Um, if that's something you're looking to do, if you have a new idea, start pitching it. Honestly, mm-hmm. just like that's, that's exactly what I did. I was terrified, but I, I was at a venture conference and, um, and you know, my, my, um, my very first investor was like, just go, just go start pitching the idea to this, like, go tell those guys over there. And I was like, they're both wearing suits. They look like they're important and they're terrifying. I'm not telling them. And he just sat me down and he was like, look, nobody knows this subject material better than you do. They're not going to laugh you, laugh at you. Um, you look like a genius because nobody else knows, um, 
this subject matter as intimately as you do. And by the way, just like go up and use that term I told you, uh, minimum viable product, and they'll go, oh, she's an entrepreneur that knows what she's talking about. And so I went up to Wait, them, let me write that one down. Minimal viable minimum product. Minimum viable product. Put that in the comments. Talking, just start telling them my idea. Just yeah. timid as hell. And I start realizing how interested they are because he was right. Like they didn't know anything about this space and it was something new and interesting that they could learn. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting a little cocky and I've kind of like wrapped up my whole pitch with, yeah. So now I'm just looking to uh, get to that minimum viable product. I need to put a team together. And they both like looked at each other like she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and they were like, we yeah. know this guy. He's, he's, he's known as a prototype guy at Oregon okay. State University. And that's how I found my connection to Oregon State. Well, I mean, you've done a great job because within five weeks, I think I, I'm getting all the numbers confused now, but it was like 3 million of pre-sales within yeah. the first five weeks. Like yeah. we, we had a, we had a goal of a million dollars for mm. the entire year of 2019. Um, and you know, as, as engineering projects go, manufacturing projects go, like our release date kept getting pushed back. Cause we just like little, a little bit more perfect, a little bit more perfect. Right. Um, and so our window to make a million dollars went from like five months to five weeks. And so we released on November 24th last year uh, okay. and we made a million dollars in five hours. <gasps> yeah. And then we ended up tripling that goal and made 3 million before the end of the year in five weeks. That's amazing. Okay. Um, one more. Oh, that's some more. It's 722. Okay. Um, how do you... How do we get more equity and funding for the research of women's sexuality? How do we get more equity and funding? Ooh. That's a, actually one of my favorite stories um, for this is actually from Rachel Braunschroll. Um, uh, she loves the term vagipreneur, uh, <laughs> which I love. Um, she she wrote the book called Orgasmic Leadership, um, which is a I would highly recommend it. Um, she that one down, she told me this great story about um, you know she was and it again again it's the same exact story I'm, I, that I've been telling is she was she was pitching these ideas to 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 these investors and everybody as soon as they started talking about that there's about this you know sexual idea um, everybody would just kind of gloss over roll their eyes or ask some stupid like a uh, sarcastic question. Mm. And so by the time they went through like four of these meetings, she pulled out a hundred dollar bill and, um, and she put it on the table and she said, if there's the first person that asked me um, a question that they think that I really, that I actually cannot answer. Or if you think that you're asking a question that I, that is cute or funny, like you're not getting this, but basically like, you know, anybody here that actually asks a relevant question within yeah. the subject matter gets this hundred dollar bill. Because if you think that like, basically just explain to them, like, if you think that you know more about the subject matter than I do, you're sadly mistaken. The fact is, is that this is a huge mark. There's a huge market opportunity here and you're investors, what do you invest in? You invest in things that you see, um, that you see delivering an ROI, a return on your investment. So if you're actually interested in a return on your investment, we highly recommend that you sit down, you listen, and you take, uh, you know, like really take this seriously because we've done our due diligence. Have you? Right. 
Oh, okay. Definitely. Let me see if there's any more. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for the questions. Most are just saying that they agree, talk about it. And Demetrius has another great point. Interesting, we put an age limit on the most natural thing we do. We've made ourselves afraid to be human. Very true. Right. Especially for women. And I think you've been so thankful. I'm so thankful that you were so um, just giving up your time. Oh my gosh, it happens. Like, I'm just oh glad God. it was, no offense, I'm glad it was on your end and not my end because then I felt like so unprofessional. How in the world am I? And I, I wouldn't know, know how to fix it. And I'm like, hi, <laughs> hi, I'll come back. <laughs> it was all good. It was perfect. Equity, on that equity question, actually. For yeah, sure. Nicole asked. Um, the other thing, too, is that um, we, I haven't uh, gotten any, I haven't gotten any funding from VC, but I do highly recommend, like, if you're looking at VC, don't just go to your local VC. There are actually a lot of VCs that are starting to pop up that are, um, you know, that are female led, that are, there. there's more female majority there, um, that are, are really trying to diversify their platforms um, yeah, like and see the, not just like how the optics of what diversity looks like, but they understand that the more the more you have different types of people of different races, of different genders, of different abilities, of, of different handicaps, of different financial backgrounds, the more people you put at the same table, the, the better your the uh, better your return is going to be, the better product you're going to make for everyone. So start, instead of just going, oh, I'm just going to look for the local VCs, go out and find those VCs that make it a point and understand um understand the value of having a truly diversified fund. Um, Cause we've, we've done that. And, um, and I know that I know exactly who I'd be going to if I needed VC money. Um, they're right at the top of my list. Luckily we haven't had to do that yet, but I mean, in this economy, we might, we might be looking. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are stuck home right now and running out of things to do and may not have a partner around. And you got some new products coming out too. Like it just came out this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Onda. Yeah. This guy just came out and then we've got um, another one, which is Bachi, which actually um, is similar to. Oh, this wait, let me portion. move this out of the way so people can get a better picture of it. I still have her comment up. Oh, oh, there we go. OK. Yeah, it's similar to this portion. It's called Bachi and it's literally just the external glands clitoral stimulator. But what happens is um, it's not just the gland stimulator. It actually stimulates um, the, the glands, the bulbs. Um, and the crew a little bit uh, from the external portion because this cup right here actually has a thrumming motion when you turn it on. So um, we've got lots of stuff coming out and we're uh, looking to really diversify and grow our, um, our customer offering. So um, we'll see what that looks like over the, in the coming months. But in addition to Bachi and Onda that has just come out, we have another two that are coming down the pipeline. Um, and things are the 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 calendar is a little hey. bit skewed because everything's kind of crazy right now. But um, you know, if you're if you're just curious about products, give us a call. Yeah. That's great. Well, again, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the e spot. And I have to say something kind of funny, because one of my best friends, um, we share accounts on our TV streaming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so he like sent me a message like Hulu just told me that um, you turned me on in your bedroom. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm about to change the name so they can never find it. And I changed it to the G spot and totally forgot. <laughs> and so today when I was like watching your stuff and I was like, trying to um, take it from my phone to my Apple TV. And I was like, oh, yeah, G-Spot. <laughs> How appropriate yeah. that I'm watching Laura DiCarlo on my G-Spot nice. Apple TV. Not finding that. <laughs> 
I'm glad we got to do this finally. I've been like super looking forward to this. So thank Me you. Me too. That was my pleasure. Thanks again. Um, look forward to following your journey and seeing what else you have coming up. I know. Yeah. Like get in touch with us. We'll, uh, we should, uh, should try out some Laura to Carla gear. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> like, since my husband works UPS, we've been kind of self. Yeah. Cause there, there's constantly people that he either comes in contact with that has been tested positive or some other, like other hubs and so on. So my, like our daughter is um, high risk. So we both just been like, we can't, we can't yeah. take the risk. Yeah. So we have a plasma cleaner in our house for our air filter and so on, yeah. which is really nice. But at the same time, it's just like, huh, yeah. I might need to invest in myself. <laughs> Because I need good sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I've been staying up every night till like two o'clock in the morning. God, yeah, I know. I'm trying to time box my shit. I'm like, Lori, yeah. you're gonna go and take like do some like self care right now. That's what you're yeah. gonna do. So, oh, good. I'm gonna run to. I've gotta run to another meeting because we. No, understand that. I don't want to be do that. It was fabulous. We'll talk on Instagram. You're my yeah. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks Thank again so for much. stopping by. It was my pleasure. Have a great rest of your week. You too. Thanks, Camille. Absolutely. How fun was that, guys? Uh, and women, I want to be more, I, even I need to start say, stop saying just guys. I always say dude and guys for everyone, but how was that all? I know we were like 30 minutes over our time, but we kind of started a little bit late. So thank you for sticking with me. I can't wait for you guys to meet my guest tomorrow. We're going to have Chip Sharon, and then uh, who's a musician. He's going to have us all nice and prepared for the rest of the weekend, get our party started early as far as just, he's hilarious. Like he's been on tour with, not only has he worked with Sugar Hill Gang, but he tours with Sinbad a lot. And so he's hilarious as well as a musician. So I'm looking forward to that. And he does a lot of fun videos. Go ahead and like find him on Instagram now where he's like the honorary Lakers player. You'll see when you go to his um, Instagram. But he's going to be Friday. And then next week is HGTV. But even more, ex I mean, that's very exciting. But I'm going to have another business on a women-owned business called Naturnal CBD. Well, it's a Naturnal, but it's a CBD product. I use that product myself. I think I've already shown you guys what I use on my shoulder, but for 420, I thought how perfect to have CBD, have a company come on and talk about all the different types of CBD, what it all means, what's legal, what's not legal, what can you get in your area, depending on what your laws are. And so, and just actually speak to people who know what they're talking about, as opposed to me just being like, oh, well, I...